world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. It's not every day because we've made it to August and we're just going three days a week. But, you know, the three days it comes out, make it your first listen. Check your feeds. Listen to Locked On Blazers today. A very special episode joined by my friend and yours, Brandon Sprague, host of Dirt and Sprague. The mornings on 1080 The Fan and the Jack Ramsey's podcast talking all things Blazers over there with Danny Morang on YouTube. Going live on YouTube. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, your shoot first two, uh, two guards, so you need to pass me the ball once in a while so I get these shots up, Richmond. It's good to be on with you. How you been? Oh, a classic Damon CJ pairing. We know how this works. <laughs> this is a 51 game swept in the first round. 51 yeah. wins in the regular season swept in the first round. I've been good. I've been good. Hanging in there. Um, Blazers have stayed in the news which for someone who does this every day is good and bad. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, I've been confused, Richmond. I'm like, I, I I thought we'd get to a point where like, all right, Mike's going to be gone. He'll be off. But like this stuff hasn't stopped all summer. The Blazers have kind of been the forefront of the conversations. And so content galore for you. Yeah, I would say I, I'm not familiar with this. I'm not familiar with like the end of July being at a bunch of stuff happening. And if it is, it's like, Oh, they signed Mo Harkless, or they traded for Mo Harkless. Here, I got a little, Mo, I got a little Mo Harkless content right. for you, or something like that. I, I'm not used to them being at the top of the news roll so often. That is, that is new for me. Um, let's let's talk Dame drama. I like. How do we get here, Sprague? Um, well, we got here through a, I think a, a series of seasons. I don't think this was like one just giant come down and one little mistake. I, I, I think it's. It's like Jenga, right? Like the tower doesn't collapse after the first piece is taken. It takes a little while, and eventually you get to a spot that uh, makes everything fall, and everybody's yelling Jenga. Um, it's it's unfortunate. It sucks. I you can maybe make an argument this should have happened sooner for both sides. Um, but you know this goes all the way back to to the Neil stuff, and I'm not going to sit here and spend your whole podcast blaming Neil, 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 Neil. I think Joe has made his series of mistakes as well in his short time. And I, you know, I don't, I also don't discount the ownership part. I, I really, Mike, I live in a world where like, I'm not going to believe everything everybody tells me all the time and uh, breaking news, like hearing how great an owner is because she says hi to people or she's smiling on video. Like that doesn't change. The reality is this team's kind of been lost since Paul passed. And we know what this organization was when he ran it and we're, kind of seeing what it is post him so i don't think any of any of that stuff is a coincidence so i just think it's a myriad of things that have brought us to this unfortunate point yeah i think um i probably less blame ownership than more of just like the sort of broader decisions by management both of the old regime of management who said hey we're gonna be like we're just gonna add a million like little role player pieces and that's gonna like that's gonna be the thing that puts us over the top and joe cronin who seems like maybe not he was never super super interested in building a competitive roster part of that was that he probably wasn't allowed to spend as lavishly as the last guy was because when he took over they had a really expensive roster and it was like hey fix this yeah, and yet um, still gave Nurk a whole bunch of money and gave Dame a whole bunch of money. Like it's um it's all over the map. What do you um I want to talk about the memo. <laughs> the leak sent a memo. I haven't recorded since the memo came out. I want to talk about the memo because I have mostly jokes. I have some thoughts, but mostly jokes. What do you make of 
like Dame's one team, one spot, one, you know, there is, it can only be Miami. Um, and, you know, you could say it's not Dame, it's Aaron Goodwin. Who do you think Aaron Goodwin works for? So, like, what do you think of, what do you think of sort of how this has played out with in terms of, like, obviously we we got the Jenga Tower has fallen, and now it's like, as we're building it back up, there's only one place to go. Um, Normal? I, I mean, yeah. like, is this any different than any, other superstar like I you know what's funny is I keep hearing and I, you've probably heard this too I keep hearing Donovan Mitchell you know Donovan Mitchell he got traded to Cleve guys Donovan Mitchell's agent I don't believe I ever saw anything that said Donovan Mitchell can only go to New York right like the scuttlebutt in the league was that he loved New York he's a New York kind of guy he's a Knicks Yankees kind of kid and like we heard that but we didn't actually have Donovan Mitchell specifically cite New York, to my recollection, maybe I just missed the tea leaves there, but I, or missed the actual headlines and I'm just reading tea leaves. But I like outside of him, everybody goes where they want. Isn't that how his league operates? I mean, yeah, I mean, look at Anthony Davis, right? It was like, yeah, there are there are three or four de destinations he would play for, but it was always the Lakers. It was always the Lakers. It seems like with Kevin Durant, it was always the Suns. Um, right. It's, I would say the difference is the context of everything else donovan mitchell is 10 years younger than damian lillard there were more teams that were willing to jump up into the mix and say like yeah. i'll figure it out with a 24 year old you know like i'll i'll, I'll figure it out with the 24 dame is a very specific case i think even mm -hmm. like a Dejounte murray type like that trade getting traded to the hawks um you know that kind of came out of nowhere or at least it came out it came together quickly and that package seems to be better than the package that's being offered for Damian Lord way younger way cheaper on a different deal like it's just the context matters and if you look at the Kevin Durant Damian Lord is not Kevin Durant he's not Kevin Durant he's one of the great players of all time Kevin Durant is one of the 10 or 15 best players to ever play basketball he's really good yeah i you know i really by the way i do appreciate being back here i listen to the podcast all the time i think oh. you've done a great job <laughs> Uh, knowing you as a writer and now seeing you operate in this video space, it's been fascinating to watch the growth. Like I'm watching you oh, edit no. and do stuff and I'm like, Mike knows how to do this. Okay. Uh, you're doing a great job. And the reason I like it is because a lot of the time I feel like I'm shaking my head. Yes. Yep. Thank you. There, there you go. And I think partially as unpopular as it is, we're uh -oh. losing some context in our city. Okay. We love uh -huh. Dame. Dame is amazing. Dame is for a lot of people, the franchise go, though I know that conversation's popping back up and he's great in the community, yada, yada, yada. I think people would acknowledge that Portland likes their brand a little much, right? Like we we revere Rudy Fernandez, who by all measure was an absolute fail. I mean, like there's no, that just didn't work. It wasn't what we thought it would be. It didn't live up quite to the hype. Like we met the dude at the airport and then, you know, a few years later, we're like, yo, let's get out of this. That being said, I, I think you're pointing at the right thing. Like, this is not the same thing as everything else, man. I, it's I think, hard. Yeah. I, I think, um, like, Katie and Donovan and, I, I don't know, fill in the blank of trades that you've seen. Well, even think about it from the other way. Think about it like a DeMar DeRozan type. When DeMar sure. DeRozan kind of got, got, kind of got his team kind of blindsided and said, hey, you're getting shipped out. Right. If there was a Kawhi Leonard out there, the Blazers should absolutely unequivocally hop on that, right? Like that, like right. take the risk and do it. Yes, and but, I think what we're losing, we're losing context is we're not we're not allowing the age, the contract, the circumstance. We're not 
factoring that in enough, I think, into this conversation because I don't think it's as cut and dry as we make it be. And I don't think it's as cut and dry as Miami necessarily makes it be. Yeah, exactly. So context matters to me. And I just appreciate the context that you offer because Dame is not KD. Dame is not 25 years old. Dame is 33. And like a couple seasons, Dame's do $60 million. And hold on, let me grab a book. Oh, History of Point Guards, Steph Curry and Chris Paul, and even Jason Kidd, largely anomalies. Like point guards don't age well, particularly in this league. So even if Dame is an all-timer, which those guys are all-timers, right? And I, mm-hmm. I think you, I don't know if he's in that bucket, right? But he's certainly one of the great point guards in the history of the game. Yeah. At 35, the chances that paying him 35% of the cap gives you a good chance to compete seems pretty unlikely. Here, here, if he stays here, if if nothing changes, he comes back, he does a Kevin Durant, he does the 2007 Kobe, and he's like, nah, I'm I'm chilling. Let's 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 play. Um, the chances that you can build a competitive team with that that money on the books is really unlikely. So it needs to be a team that wants to go for it in the next two years before it gets prohibitively prohibitively harder to do it which it was going to happen to the Blazers. I think everyone said that the moment he signed the contract, like, Ooh, that's a lot of money. Um, but it's like just that alone narrows the window of teams who are interested in taking the risk because at some point it just in the new world of the CBA, having a really expensive overpaid star at the top of your books is going to make it harder to compete in a way that it hasn't always in the past. And all of that context means I just think the market for Dame is a little bit depressed. I think it's, I think it's going to be a little bit weaker. It doesn't mean that they have to take the worst Miami deal available, Mm -hmm. but it probably means that there isn't some unicorn special deal on the horizon. Speaking of that, let's talk about them. Let's talk mm. about the memo. I want to talk. To, I want to ask you about the memo in the second segment, <laughs> so, because because we gotta talk about it. What a memo! Today's show is brought to you by Ibotta. Look, you're gonna have to buy stuff. That's how life works. So why not when you're out there buying stuff, living your life, spending money, get a little cash back on the side? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. You can either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire grocery trip, or you'd use that cash back to get you a nicer seat on an airline or go out to a fancy dinner. Whatever you're eyeing, why not use Ibotta, the app that gives you that app that gives you real cash back, not points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash. Like I said, real money. You can send to your bank account, to PayPal, or you can get it as a gift card. And you can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers when you start with Ibotta. That includes Lowe's, that includes Macy's, that includes Sephora, Best Buy, and more. So right now, Ibotta is offering my listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta and using the code LOCKED when you register. So go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download the free Ibotta app and use that code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. and Use the code LOCKED. All right, still chatting with Brandon Sprague. You've heard him on Dirt and Sprague in the morning on 1080. The fan, you've heard him on Jack Ramsey's. The league sent a memo this week, or excuse me, last week. You were listening to Tuesday, August 1st show. And last week, the league sent a memo to all 30 teams that read, and I'm going to read this in my best newsy voice. Recent media reports stated that Damian Lord's agent, Aaron Goodwin, called multiple NBA teams to warn them against trading for Lillard because Lillard's only desired trade destination is Miami. Goodwin also made public comments indicating that Lillard would not fully perform the services called for under his player contract if traded to another team. 
We interviewed Goodwin and Lillard and also spoke with several NBA teams to whom Goodwin spoke. Goodwin denied stating or indicating to any team that Lillard would refuse to play for them. Goodwin and Lillard affirmed to us that Lillard would fully perform the services called for under his player contract in any trade scenario. The relevant teams provided descriptions of their communications with Goodwin that were mostly, though not entirely, consistent with Goodwin's statements to us. We have advised Goodwin and Lillard that any future comments made privately to teams or publicly suggesting Lillard would not fully perform the services called for under his player contract in the event of a trade will subject Lillard to discipline by the NBA. We have also advised that Player Associ Players Association that any similar comments by players or agents will be subject to discipline going forward. That's a lot of mumbo jumbo to say, don't do this out in the open. At least that's how I read it. How do you read the memo? It's like, yo, you know, the thing you did, it's really wrong that you did that, but just don't do it again. And then we'll really care. Like, and also I understand the differences here. Like I do again, context matters. How many times has James Harden gone through this process where it's like, yeah, he don't have a quote, but everything leaking is a James Harden will only go to the Clippers. James Harden will only go to the Rockets. James Harden will only go to the, the Nets. Like, this is dumb. I get it, and it's dumb. Lillard and Goodwin probably shouldn't publicly be speaking out about it, shouldn't be naming teams, shouldn't be threatening things. I understand it. It's not good. I should have gone on the record and saying Miami only, period. I think that was the problem. Yeah, it's uh, not good options. Goodwin's Goodwin spoke to both markets. He spoke to the Miami Herald. He spoke to the Oregonian. Old school, talking to the big newspapers. Mm -hmm. um, and he said in both situations, yeah, he's he's he wants to go to one spot. I think the league doesn't want that specifically. Yeah, that's definitely something that they want to get away from because we can talk all day about the league, the health of the league, the direction of the league. I think something I've kind of turned a little bit on as much as I participate in the drama of offseason spe uh, speculation I think it's pretty clear people hate this, right? They don't like the <laughs> the player getting all the power and like it's such a it, it player like a player empowerment stuff. Cool. I I think the league is starting to kind of realize some of this stuff. Maybe not as good optics wise as as we maybe thought. Yeah, I, I think I think broadly speaking, people still love this stuff. Um, like and a sort of like the casual NBA fan, they don't give a crap about the games. The games don't matter. No one pays any attention to the games. Yeah. I, That's a problem I, though, right? Don't you think it's a problem? hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's a, the league poisoned itself by deciding that Shams Trani and Woj and Adrian Wojnarowski were like extremely important parts of the league. Yeah. Um, they didn't have to do that. They, no. they could have marketed the game, but mm -hmm. um, whatever player transaction stuff sells. It's important to them. They value it. Yada, yada, yada. Um, I, I think what we've gotten to is that like do this, this thing that's very common, which is an agent calling teams and saying, don't trade for my client. Very common across the league. This, this is very common. I don't, I think in generally speaking, like just for fans who are curious about here, agents are making trade calls. This is very normal. Like the idea that Joe Cronin and Pat Riley are on the phone. I don't know. Aaron Goodwin is on the phone with both of them. That is real. That happened. That is a very normal part of it on draft night. Who calls agents call. Don't draft my player in the second round. He wants to go. He doesn't want to be taken 48th overall. He wants to be an undrafted free agent. That's normal. Agents steering their players where they want to go is normal. It's it's like literally why you have the job. Mm -hmm. the, the difference is the public posturing and the public being very clear about, I'm under contract for four more years, and if I don't get what I want, you might feel the wrath of that. 
did you ever think Damian Lillard was going to sit out? No. No, of course think, not, I think, right? I think Saquon Barkley, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, like these athletes that that threaten hold out or sit out, like it's not real. They they love the game. They love the work of the game, the process of the game, the mental, the physical, like that 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 dude's going to have to sit out by the team saying, "Yo, uh, we'll trade you, but we'll trade you near the deadline or if a team gets desperate." And I like I wouldn't be shocked if Portland sat him on their end. I was going to ask, do you think they would sit him out? Yes. I well, I mean, I think the whole thing's interesting the way the team's handling this, the way Dame's handled it. I think it's not a coincidence. It's one of the messier breakups in terms of not doing things the right way. I mean, this is are you shocked that Dame's handling it this way or that it's handled this way? He doesn't want to do this. Like, hey, Dame, do something you don't necessarily want to do. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, you know, like he loves it here. He built a house here. It's his home. So I, I'm not surprised it's been handled the way that it's been handled. Uh, it was always going to be a little messy. Eh. I, cut, I cut each side some slack on this. Yeah, I, I think I understand. Like, I think Dame is like neither the first nor the last co- player under a long-term contract asked to go to another place. And right. I don't think the Blazers were like blindsided by this, right? Like, you host a radio show every morning. You guys hit it and say, this could happen, right? Like on draft night, you had me on your show and you said, what's going to happen? I said, I think they're going to draft a rookie and usher in a new era. Mm-hmm. Like if I knew I'm an idiot, like I'm a, I do this a lot and I spend a lot of time thinking about the Blazers, but I'm not like, I'm not like deeply plugged in in the league or like calling six and seven different people. I know a couple people who still work in the league, but I'm not, that's not my beat. I'm not breaking news. Right. I'm not, I'm, I'm just, that's not what I'm doing anymore. If mm-hmm. I could know just by like, thinking about it <laughs> like just using my brain joe crota knew he knew this was likely to happen and it seems like he set himself up um it seems like he set himself up knowing that this was going to happen i am surprised he has played as hardball as he has i i, I think i i, well, I wonder your take on this do you think joe Cronin misread the market or do you think this is him knowing what the market was and thinking that patience is his best bet well, I, one, I, I wanted to touch on something there. Like, yeah, you called Go it ahead. and I, I'm with you. Like, you don't have to be the most plugged in person to read the league if you care about the league, right? If you yeah. follow the league, yeah. you can read a lot of this stuff. And I think you can make an easy argument. We don't need to get into it. The minute Dame was gone was the minute they landed three. And we all celebrated three as if, oh my God, they can trade this. They're going to get so-and-so and so-and-so is going to come here. And unlucky for us that want to keep Dame forever, it was like, Three actually indicated we're keeping the pick. You're not passing because well, there, the there wasn't. There just wasn't a like trading three for Pascal Siakam is a is bad. Like it's going to look yeah, bad. Yeah. It might get you what you want in the immediate term, but like giving Toronto nine years of Scoot Henderson is not going to look good for you. It's not going to look good. No, I I also think like if you just looked at the way that they're structured, they were never a front office seriously considering trading three. I I, I will die on my grave on that. You can say, well, what about Pascal? What about Zion? I actually think that they called and probably asked for ridiculous things so no deal could get made because three's valuable asset to them. Um, the I already, already sidetracked. The moment they kept Shaden Sharp, it 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 changed what yes. the plan was. The moment yes. they we yeah. we we talked about it here. It's like when when you didn't trade seven and you drafted Shaden Sharp, who's going to be good, mm-hmm. you you accelerated what this was and it was like it was already heading that way and you just pushed it even further forward a hundred percent i mean that's kind of the pivot point right like their decision to keep seven if you can't trade seven to help dame 
why am I thinking you're trading three to help Dame? And then I remember doing doing a live draft party. And I told I told Danny, uh, I got there and I said, hey, I think they're going to use 23 too. And he's like, no, they're going to trade. We kept going back and forth on this. And then 23 gets picked and I go, bro, like they're clear as day, know what they're doing. They told Dame this on Tuesday before the draft. Hey, this is what we're going to do. Am I surprised by Joe though? I mean, a little bit. I, I, I'll admit, like I thought Miami was one going to give them the best deal for now. Like Haquez and Jovic and the draft pick unlocked and the other picks and the pick swap. I just thought naturally Miami would go, here you go. And honestly, I think we could talk about capital and value. And again, this goes back to like thinking your stuff is a little better than maybe it is and yada, yada, yada. I'm not terribly shocked and I'm kind of proud. Like he's pulling a Mori for now. He's like sticking to his guns and yeah, he can, he can sit in a suit on our bench. And if you get desperate, you can come call. If he takes it to that point, man, he's, he's going to get a better return. And so, yeah, it's, it's, you may not have liked that. He didn't decide to build around Dame, but man, you got to acknowledge like so far he's held pretty firm in his stance of not just giving him away for the bare minimum. Yeah, let's let's talk about how this resolves in the third segment. Uh, let's let's because I think Cronin's approach is a big part of the resolution here. That's what we'll do to close the show. Join us in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point card. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Still chatting with Brandon Sprague of Dirt and Sprague on 1080. The fan Jack Ramsey's Joe Cronin has won the PR war. Brandon, I don't know that there's another war out there, but it's sort of like the. Who looks better in public right now in early August? Joe Cronin saying, I can't give away the franchise star for nothing. And you know who looks bad? The Lillard camp saying, get me out of here. Um, I understand both sides, to be mm-hmm. to be totally clear. I um, But I think unequivocally, Cronin has come out looking like someone who, in just terms of like uh, public appearances, he looks, he looks like better. He's held out. He said, I'm not going to give it up. How do you think this gets resolved? Do you think how how deep down the rabbit hole do they go? Well, how does it get resolved is Miami unlocks the full trade. Um, I don't know about you, Mike. Mike, what do you think? Like, if 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 they unlock all of the things, the the picks, all the the swaps, the players, just like right there as a return, is it the worst trade? Is it the worst trade of all time? Like. Think about what Joe has said. So what's, what has Joe said publicly, right? He talked in Vegas. He said picks, the right amount of picks could get this done. He said uh, an, all, you know, a, an all-star, a level player like that, that could get this that. done. He doesn't mean that. I know. And he also said young talent that we can develop and that we believe in can get this done. Do you know how I read that? This goes into you and I like, I'm not pretending to be Mr. Plugged in the NBA. I don't know league sources, like none of that. I'm just going off how I read it. To me, those tea leaves say, Jovic, Haquez, the OKC pick unlocked, the other two first round picks, the pick swap or the pick swaps, I forget, and one more second round pick could get that done. That's how I read that. Because he'd have two players, you could say, yo, Haquez, and Jovic development system here in Portland, we've thrived in my entire era here doing that. You can debate if you want about the Miami picks. They're not even going to use them anyway. They're going to use them to trade because if they're building with Shea and Scoot, in five years, those kids should be ready to be adults and be in the playoff conversation. Like, 
I don't know. I just, I, we act like it's the worst idea of all time. And I just don't know how far off it is from Joe saying, sure, that's, that's the deal. I think Kevin O'Connor called it the worst trade of all time. So shout out to you, KOC. Well, he also um, proposed Robert Williams and like yeah. another player who got hurt and like Kevin O'Connor, like come with a better deal, bro. Like you can hate that Miami deal all you want. I've have you noticed the tone of Zach Lowe on this topic, by the way? It's gone from I, I, I have. I'm not a I will say I've I've uh I sh- maybe I shouldn't admit this. I wasn't really a Zach Lowe listener until this trade summer. Uh, and now I've been I've been a pretty regular listener of Zach Lowe. He's done a really good job um, because I yeah. think he lays out the uh, uh, he's someone I really like. I always read what he writes, but I haven't been a big um, podcast listener to him. But I, I've enjoyed it. I think to answer your question, mm-hmm. no, I don't think it's the worst trade ever. I think the best version of the Miami trade might very well end up being the best package that's out there. Um, there is a world in which you wait and things change in the league and things change quickly. And some team gets Matt Ishbeard and says like, let's go for it. That's relatively unlikely. It's relatively unlikely. Can, please. Could you, can I pause for a second? And this goes kind of into the larger conversation. Can you name the team? Who's the, dis- you can't, you can't. Here's the thing. I've done That's this before. I want to say this. I'm going to toot my own horn real quick. Let me reach. Yeah. Oh, wow. His horn is incredible. Um, In May, before the trade request, before the, 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 the shortly there, shortly after the uh, lottery, I did a show about what would a Damian Lillard trade package look like? And I laid out the challenges of it, right? Like, there's just not that many teams. There's not that many teams that are going to be involved because he's a specific type of player. And then when you start to get even deeper, like post-draft, I did another show, even deeper on who else could get involved, like the sort of usual suspects. Philly doesn't have better picks than Miami. They they have worse pick because they've, they've made their trades. The Clippers don't have a better pick situation than Miami. So even roping those two teams in in the Harden trade doesn't really get you better picks. Um, Brooklyn doesn't seem like they want to play ball. If they want to play ball, then th- maybe this would already have happened right like if some version of like the brooklyn picks spencer dinwiddie's contract and whatever whatever maybe it would already happened who else is who else is can convince themselves that they are in a championship window in two years and are really ready to go for it well maybe you could have talked yourselves into the boston celtics i never thought that was realistic but they just gave jalen brown all the money in the world and legally can't trade him for a year because of it Mm -hmm. there isn't like I said, things change. The The league can become much more fluid when the season starts, at least a little bit more fluid, 15% more fluid when the season starts. There isn't a better deal out there, obviously, that I see. Um, it just, who's going to do it? So what you want is probably the, the resolution, as I see it, is the best version of the Miami trade. They unlock the pick they owe to OKC. So they give you a 2024 unprotected pick. That pick's going to suck because they're going to be good. They give you an unprotected pick in 2028, an unprotected pick in 2030. Those, who knows? Those are seventh graders, so it's not like super exciting, but those might end up being good picks. And I think getting unprotected picks deep into the future has value for a variety of reasons. They give you pick swaps. Yeah, yeah. Pick swaps in, go ahead. Well, sorry, that was really awkward and that's my fault. The pick thing though, I'm glad you hit on that. That's where I argue with people. Like, I get it. Miami's been consistent, right? They got multiple championships in this run, different eras, et cetera. Mike, how old is Pat Riley? I'm Googling it right now. Like literally as you, uh, he's, as you he's, 70, years old. he's 78 years old. He will turn he's, 79 in okay. 79 in March. 
Pat Riley, I think, wants to get one more title before he hangs him up because I think he wants to do the post-LeBron thing. Like, oh, I can win without you too, you know? And he's going to be 80. Eric Spolster is the best coach in the league. Do you know if Eric Spolster is good in the front office? I would bet he is, but it, what, well, it's it's different though. It's different. The it thing is. that Miami has one of the smallest front offices in the league. What makes them so good is just like the what they have in place right now runs perfectly. And they don't have a current owner who's flush with cash to pay a bunch of luxury tax things. So my point on that is people crap on those picks. Like Miami's always going to be good. It's like, are they? Are we reading that right? Like, plus to your point, you just need them to be bad in three years with Jimmy and Dame getting old or yada, yada, yada. And then you kind of start looking at it and going, oh, because at that point, other teams look at those picks and go, Miami could be awful in two years. Like it wouldn't be inconceivable. And now your young assets have grown and those future first round picks, to your point, it's not even necessarily that you use them. It's that they have inherent value if Miami gets old and gets old rather quickly. So that's where I push back on the picks. Plus Ishbia, you mentioned him. The, the Phoenix picks about Brooklyn, like, can I just say, what is more likely, Pat Riley to retire being 78 or billionaire philanthropist playboy Matt Ishbia being so desperate to win already that he's not going to let them suck for the next four or five years? Right. Yeah, I, would I, mean, vote, I would vote that it's probably, right, it's probably Ishbia is going to keep spending to make Phoenix relevant because the guy wants to win. Yeah, there is some like sort of uh, Prokhorov chances with him. He's got a little Prokhorov in him that it could really oh, blow up. And I like um, that. I don't think he's going to sell and leave Prokhorov style because it's not like um, it's a because it, he has to beat his rival Dan Gilbert at creating a championship. But that's what um, it is too. Yeah, it's he has this he has to stay in the league long enough to 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 really stick it to stick it to Dan Gilbert. But yeah, like I, waiting for the magic to happen to me. I think there is there is um, virtue in patience, maybe, and but I I I wonder if there is. To me, it always it's like this: the Blazers aren't the Blazers clock starts the last week of September because on October second, that's media day. Do you bring Dame into camp? Do you do all that? That's when they have. That's they don't have to do anything. They can just they can just chill until September. This trade can get done in forty eight hours if they need to. Like is is it's it a lot of it matters. Like what do you get for Tyler Hero? Because that's the problem, right? Is the Blazers have no use for Tyler Hero, and does another team want Tyler Hero? If you could figure that part out, though, if you could get some kind of draft compensation, say instead of a lottery protected pick for Tyler Hero, you get something like a top eight protected. All right, maybe that's enough, right? Maybe that gets you there because it's like. We would take the 10th pick in the 2026 NBA mm-hmm. draft. Give it to us. We'd love to have it. Something like that. Um, but I, I, I think, I think there's an urgency on both sides. I think the Blazers will have some urgency when they get to media day, whether they want to look themselves in the mirror. Do we want to bring Dame in and have this be a thing? Or, and Miami, like look at their roster. They're pretty much set up to trade for Damian Lillard. And so mm-hmm. do they get antsy and push all their chips in? Does this just get solved in the end of September? That that's kind of how I that's where I am right now. The Donovan Mitchell trade happened in September. I I think this isn't that um, you know, it's kind of dragging on, but it's not it's not the end of the world if it if it takes us another month or so to get there. Yeah, and I think both sides might be mentally ready for that to happen. Uh I still I I think the memo also what it does is may speed things up a little bit, you know, kind of like the NBA doing the wink in the, Hey, let's, let's be done with this. Okay. Like we got enough <laughs> of this going on. Let's get this done. I could be way wrong on this. I, 
I have no interest at all. It'd be interesting in my job, my field. I have no personal interest seeing Dame on this team at media day. I, I just, yeah. and I get it. I leverage and patience and we're like, who's the team? And maybe somebody screaming, Utah or San Antonio. I think those deals would have been offered by now if they were in on yes. that. And- San Antonio doesn't clearly doesn't want to do it. Utah is an interesting yeah. one, but they are not going to give you their blue chippers, right? They're going to offer you the salary relief. They're not going to like the whole point of Utah making the Dame swing would be to keep Lowry Market and Walker Kessler and saying, we're going to go for it. Like that, that would be. And so what, what do you want? You want John Collins? You want to take yeah, Dame so, for John Collins? I, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, thanks. No. I, and I think that's, that's the point, right? Is we can't identify that team. So like might you, maybe you get some more leverage that way by waiting. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's as simple as Miami unlock everything. And if you can find a second round pick for hero and throw that in, like they, they take it and they go on. Cause you got a new era, man. Like I've been talking to a couple of friends of mine who are like diehard fans of this stuff. It's a new era. Like I kind of want to, I don't want the Dame thing hanging over and Oh, scoot. It, it, Dame doesn't say it, which again, I still think the team will sit him because they want to trade him, and you don't want to risk injuring the guy. But like Scoots minutes and Ants minutes, I just don't think they want all of that kind of hanging over it. And it unfortunately, it would be hanging over them until he was traded. So I, I'd prefer yeah. them to get it done before the media day. Everything about the way the Blazers have done and not done this summer suggests that they are entering a rebuild. Everything, yes. everything, everything they've done. So I kind of believe that they're entering the rebuild and that they're going to commit to it. There's a chance they don't. There's a chance that Joe Cronin says, I can't screw this up and I'm willing to have it get uglier, but I am kind of with you. I think that this ends when Miami says, here is the absolute best version. We can't haggle anymore. All the picks, all the swaps. We found Tyler Hero. He's going to the Orlando Magic for a something, something protected pick. And mm-hmm. here and 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 the best version of the Miami trade, which again, isn't ideal but it might be the best thing on the market and the market is unique to the player in the situation. The context matters. And maybe that's, that's how I think it gets resolved. But also I've been saying that since July 1st and I've been wrong so far. So we'll just, (laughs) we'll just see, we'll just see when we get there. Uh, Brandon, can I convince you to come back for another show? Uh, Absolutely, dude. I'd love to come back for another show. Okay. Dear listeners, Brandon's going to be back on Wednesday's show. So why don't you join us for that one for now? Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get wherever they get podcasts and also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.